Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Like uh, for having me again. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, so it's very simple. Uh, uh, I chose uh, to interview Matteo for two reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, everybody who is in the wine business should know about the Gulfi Nero Davola wines, which, not only in my opinion, but accordingly to many uh, well respected wine experts and professionals, they are the benchmark for this grape. At Gulfi, they are producing the highest expression of this grape, showing that any varieties in the right hands can express the important notion of terroir. The second reason of me choosing Matteo for this interview is a little bit more of a personal one. You know, every time I drink Gulfi wine, I'm feeling happy and home again. They bring wonderful memories of my youth, my family, holidays, festivities, my birthplace, and the many adventures with my friends. So goofy wine, in a way, if only for a moment, fill that void of uh, me being uh, far away from Sicily for so many years. I like it. It's a very memorable wine for you then. How was it yeah. when you met him for the first time? I met uh, Matteo in uh, in Verona for the very first time uh, this year. So I was selected. I was in the Italian Wine Buyer Program organized by the Italian Trade Agency in April of this year. So I had to schedule some mandatory appointments. And uh, as soon as I saw the Gulfi wine, uh, I requested on the Vinitali portal uh, a meeting and Matteo replied to my email confirming the appointment. So after 10 years, uh, I tasted the wine uh, of Matteo. It was a superlative feeling, so one of the greatest lineup uh, because, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania, unfortunately, Matteo's wines are not available as for now. So... Hopefully uh, we can fix this soon, uh, sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure your meeting with Matteo was really, was really an emotional thing too, because that was really a memorable wine you've had. So what are the learning objectives that we should be expecting from this so interview? For, yeah, for today, I would love the listener to learn, you know, for sure, the beautiful history of one of the greatest winery of Sicily. Uh, learn about the different location where Gulfi produce wine. Uh, some technical aspect uh, or their viticulture and winemaking, uh, learning about the four crew of Nero Davola in the Pacino area, so understanding the difference of soil, topography, microclimates, and eventually the final wine produced. Also learn about the production and the marketing strategies of the vineyard, and uh, maybe learning uh, some future endeavors, you know, what the winery is doing and uh, adjusting uh, keep pace with modern trends. All right. So I know that you've already mentioned some bits and pieces, but I wanted to ask you this question again. How did you discover the wines of Gulfi wines? So as you know, born and raised in Sicily, I have been drinking wine when I was younger uh, with my family and friends. Uh, my career, uh, besides a small stint in New York City, has mainly developed in Pennsylvania, in the Pennsylvania market. And as I said before, the Gulfi wine are not available right now. So again, you know, going April uh, to Italy, I met Matteo over there. We taste uh, all, uh, all the wine that he was showcasing uh, uh, at the exhibition, at the Italy exhibition, uh, and it was leaving an uh, excellent, uh, great experience and feelings. Matteo also, as a great gesture, gave me a bottle of the Nero Macari 2002, which is July 9th for my birthday. 
Okay. All right. So for now, I am going to mute myself and I will leave the floor to you and Mateo. Ciao, everyone. See you later. Thank you. Perfect. A little bit about Matteo, uh, born and raised in North Italy in a small town near Milano. One of three brothers. Matteo's father's Vito was from Chiaramonte Gulfi in Sicily, and his mom is from Lisona near Monza. And Matteo's family from his father's side has been making wine forever. And when he was young, uh, he would uh, spend summer vacation and holidays in Sicily together with his grandparents and relatives artistic high school and then graduated in business communication at the Cattolica di Milano University. He went to work to London, first in wine retail and then as a sales representative for a master of wine that took him under his wing and taught Matteo everything about wine. Back in Italy in 2009, uh, started working for Gulfi, finally become after a few years, the business and communication directors. In 2017, after his father passed away prematurely, Matteo and his two brothers took control of the entire Azienda Gulfi with the strenuous support of the whole Gulfi team. Raffaele, the oldest brother, is in charge of the vineyards management and Matteo is in charge of the commercial, logistic and marketing portion. Together with Salvo Foti, a technical supervisor who has been close to the Catania family since the beginning, they produce excellent wines. And Matteo is passionate of cycling, free diving, mountains and mushroom peaking, but mostly, and those are his word, is passionate of drinking wine and the pursuit for the promotion of Pacino to DOCG. So, but with no further ado, I want to welcome Matteo to this podcast. Ciao Matteo, come stai? How are you? Ciao Angelo, ciao a tutti. Um, I'm very good and um, very privileged uh, to be here. So thanks. Thanks even to Laika. I don't know if they hear me or if he's in the other side of the room. And um, everything is perfect. Thanks, Angelo. Perfect, perfect. So we're going to start with, uh, with my questions to you. Okay, so the first question, the Gulfi Manifesto says, uh, Siamo terra, sole, tempo, and passione, which is translated to, uh, we are land, sun, time, and passion. Every time I read it, I truly believe that this is the most righteous and most accurate statement for viticulture and winemaking. And every time almost give me some, uh, so I get some goosebumps. Matteo, uh, tell us uh, who came up with this beautiful statement uh, and please uh, elaborate that with your own words. Take us into the magical land of Sicily. Well, uh, who has made it? Uh, we made it. So, um, as you said, I studied communication, but you know, you can study whatever you want in life. You have to have the feeling, uh, um, you have to emotionate, get emotionated. So I, um, I delivered it myself uh, with, uh, uh, with my father, of course. And, um, and how to translate it with my words? Uh, let me think. Uh, well, uh, it's simple, actually. So if you think uh, one needs a few things, right? A land, a greater world. The best friend of the grapes, I believe that everybody knows it, it's the sun. But then when you put a vine, it's not for you. Or when, it, when you make a wine, it's, it doesn't have to be drunk right now. So the wine can go into the time. You can do something and then drink it after 10 years. Or when you put a vine, it's going to be for the son of the sun. So the time. And all this can come real and beautiful and complex in everything we do in life without the passion. So this is for me, it's this kind of manifest. Simple, but really connected with the soul of what we are. So I hope I explain it in a kind of way. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, excellent, excellent. So um, my next question, uh, uh, Gulfi Estate was born in Chiaramonte, a small town in the Iblay Mountains uh, in Ragusa province. So Matteo, can you tell us a little bit about the Catania family history, you know, from the beginning to modern times, maybe highlights the most important steps and dates of this three generation devoted to winemaking? 
Well, first of all, Angelo, mm, let me say that uh, my family from my father was not born in Caramonte, was born in Caramonte Gulfi, which is uh, the entire name of the village. So we get the name Gulfi after the village name. It's like to say Margot and Chateau Margot. Um, and yes, so the story of the family, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a story of, uh, um, of people that uh, were looking for something uh, and they had uh, clear ideas. So um, I try to be short, after the Second World War, my grandfather, Raffaele Catania, uh, brought all the family from uh, Caramonte Gulfi. We are uh, in the 53. So he brought all the family after um, the Second World War uh, in Paris uh, as an emigrant. Because at that time, as many many knows, there was no food, uh, everything was difficult, uh, no roads, uh, and, uh, and no work. So um, my grandfather was... Uh, so my grandfather, my family, and my grandfather has been in Paris uh, from my father from five to nineteen years old. So from the beginning of the fifties to the seventies, beginning of the end of sixties, beginning of the seventies, and my grandfather was working uh, day and night. So during the day, he was uh, working as a um, man worker uh, on the. Uh, when you build a house, you put something to make sure the people doesn't fall down. Um, and those ones, like like in the pictures in New York, when they were building the, the skyscrapers, and those people were uh, just flying uh, without any kind of secrets. Uh, oh, do you understand? Like a, a secure, security construction, like a ropes and everything else, like, uh, you know, to make sure that the, the people uh, were safe, right? Yes, yes. When you, when you build up a house... And you have to work on the house. Eh? You work on a high level from the road. And um, I don't know how to say in English. Anyway, so he was doing this job, uh, like uh, like I was seeing in the picture of New York, uh, when they were seeing these guys uh, uh, with the legs uh, in, in nothing. Uh, it was really dangerous, but uh, was really well paid. And uh, during the night, he was working for building the Metropolitan of Paris. And all the money were going back to Caramonte Gulfi for buy more lands around the native house. And my father did all the school in Paris. So he was speaking two languages, English and the Sicilian. <laughs> then my grandfather went back to Sicily and my father stopped in the north. When my grandfather, that he was doing wine, but he was a farmer, 360 degrees. So he was doing wine, of course, but even tomatoes, onions, uh, everything. And when he died in 95, then my father didn't know what to do. Of course, uh, he loved the wine, he loved his native place, uh, but he was in the north at that time. And suddenly he had um, uh, an image, and this image was uh, trying to make the best wines possible ever from our native area, so the southeast corner of Sicily. And he met Salvofotti. Uh, Salvofotti is, um, first of all, is a great uh, man uh, about the, the knowledge of the ancient viticulture in Sicily. And with Salvofotti, my dad had the vision. Salvofotti had the culture of the ancient and the way to look into the terroirs where we were. And in that time, was born in Gulfi in the modern times. The times that you drank at Venitali, Angelo. Perfect, perfect, excellent. You know, everybody knows the Salvo Ford, you know, uh, on, uh, on the Etna uh, scenario. Uh, but I guess uh, his knowledge and expertise goes all over, all over Sicily. Uh, thanks to Salvo and thanks to you. So perfect. So moving along uh, on the next question. Um, uh, the Goofy Wines have the same label uh, for each and every one of uh, uh, the wine you produce. Matteo, can you tell us a little bit about the Greek legend beyond this behind this label uh, and tell us the special unique affection for it. You know, just, you know, choosing it to put it in uh, each and every one of your bottles. Uh, that's probably like uh, you are in love with this Greek legend. Oh, well, uh, gracias uh, for the question. So, um, well, you're right. Um, almost all the labels, I say almost, because then I'll tell you, 
they are all the same in terms of layout. So we have the lowest part of the label that is showing an artistic representation of the vineyard uh, where that wine is made because we can say that we, we make almost single vineyard wines with all uh, the labels. And, um, and then the highest part uh, you see in this, this logo, this image, uh, that um, is uh, um, the representation, a real one, um, of a mosaic. And this mosaic uh, is inside uh, an, uh, a Roman villa in Sicily. And the name of the villa is uh, Villa del Casale. And it's the biggest surface worldwide of mosaic. So, uh, among these thousands of mosaics that you can find and see, uh, I don't know if you've ever been uh, there, you find this, um, this image, and it is representing the mythological story of Eros and Psyche, Psyche, I don't know how to say it in English. And um, why do, well, simply, why we use it? Because uh, we see um, ourselves like uh, Eros, and we love uh, our psyche psyche and from this love uh, was born uh, a pure pleasure the gulfy wise so that's uh, the reason that we put this uh, image you know sicily it's a kind of um, un bacino it's um, un contenitore of cultures so everybody conquered sicily almost everybody and everybody left something and this complexity it reflects uh, in everything that we do and we have in Sicily. Yes, I agree about everybody conquering us because of our position and then leaving each and every one of them a marker that is still today present. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful legend. Um, perfect. So three estates situated in three key areas of Sicily. So you have land in Victoria, Pacino, and Mount Etna. So basically, Matteo, you own land in the best possible sites for Sicilian viticulture. Uh, can you tell us uh, about these three properties uh, and the outstanding wine you produce in each of them? Of course. So uh, first of all, thanks for believing that these are uh, among the, the most um, important and uh, beautiful area for uh, producing uh, uh, when in Sicily, well, I, w I wish to, to have three estates, uh, but I have only one estate uh, and it's enough at the moment. Uh, but we have vineyards uh, in three different locations. So the winery is in Chiaramonte Gulfi, where the family was born. And in Pacino, we have the vineyards uh, of the Cruz. And on Etna, we have uh, a vineyard where we make an Etna Rosso and uh, um, an extraterrestrial. How do you say extraterrestrial in English? An ex extraterrestrial, ah, okay, uh, yeah, like an alien or something. An, an alien, we have an alien. So uh, this alien is a Pinot Noir, and this alien, being an alien and not connected with our land, he has a different uh, label. So I I linked with the previous question for just for seeing that all the wines have the same label apart this wine, this Pinot Noir, and is made on Etna, along with Etna Rosso. So, three different uh, wine region, three different uh, altitudes. Uh, we can say that uh, the Etna Vineyard is uh, more or less between uh, 750, 820, 840 meters above the sea level. And we have um, a volcanic um, soil, completely volcanic, so it's black powder. If you speak, if I speak too much, stop me, Angelo. On Keramonte Gulfi, we are um, around 450 meters above the sea level, and here the soil is usually different. We have um, a difficult mix to find, which is a calcareous, a fossil, and um, time and um, sorry, I do say argilla clay, and time by time some iron infiltration. And then we go to an average, so Pacino, to an average of 30 meters above the sea level. And here in this small micro area, really small micro area, you have all the soil of Sicily uh, pres um, uh, present in Pacino. Why? Because Pacino, it's... Uh, under the tectonic plaques, so the conjunction between uh, the African continent, uh, continent 
and the European continent. And because of this, the layers melts up like a cake. And that's the reason why probably is the place worldwide with the most high difference of soil in such a short area. Last but not least, at the southeast part of Sicily, it's the, the native area of uh, Nero Davola grape. Great, you know, so yes, we understand, you know, the, the, the diversity on soils in, uh, in such a short distance from one, one place to another. So um, now I do have a technical question for you, Matteo. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your viticulture and winemaking philosophy? And uh, maybe uh, explain uh, some in more details uh, some techniques uh, you, that you guys are using in the vineyards and in the cellar. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hear you so serious. So, um, yeah, of course. So, but it's simple. Uh, you know, it's really simple. We have to try to make the most. Uh, drinkable and wine and the wine that you never get bored in drinking it and uh, the vision is really simple but i believe you agree you agree with me that the the most simple things um, they are always the most complicated to achieve um so you have to be we are organic, but doesn't mean anything. You can be organic, you can be biodynamic, you can be traditional. You have to make a good wine. And a good wines uh, in terms in a balanced um, result. So what we always try to do is find the balance into the uh, acino, uh, into the grape, into the wine, uh, and in everything we do. So um, I always say that uh, a food with balance goes down easily, so you can eat it easily, even if you're full. Uh, when people are more balanced, uh, they can fight in a better way the difficulties of life, because everybody has troubles in life. And the same is the wine. A wine with balance can be drunk more easily and with more pleasure. And uh, on top of that, uh, if the grape is great, uh, it can age uh, beautifully. So our, our mission is looking and hearing. Uh, few people now in life, especially with the with the new technologies, uh, uh, are they are not used to watch uh, the nature, listen to the nature, and try to understand what to do into the vineyards. Everybody thinks that is able to pruning, but few people, for few producers, are very good in pruning, um, because our memory is really short. We live only hundred years if we are. Uh, if you are lucky, but the, the viticulture has more than 2,000 years of history. So we need knowledge and culture in order to make something unique. Perfect. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, the technology is definitely helping us to understand more on the genetic part of the grapes and so forth. But I do believe that making wine is should be a complete uh, experience between the winemaker and uh, and and nature. And uh, any any thoughts on uh, specific uh, techniques that you guys are using? Uh, uh, in the vineyards, you know, like uh, some sort of a pruning uh, uh, or uh, vine trainings that you want to share with us? Yes, of course, uh, with pleasure. And um, well, in terms of um, um, uh, vine, how do you call it? Vine, uh, vine system. Uh, yeah. We have the two ways. We use um, eighth and we use bush vines. Um, uh, so it depends where we are and depends what we are doing. So even in this case, a balance. Um, they, are, they are different kind of training, um, but they are both powerful uh, as long as you know how to work on them. For example, um, I can tell you technically that we don't have a single system. So we have ales, but we don't have, uh, then you can translate it because I don't know how to say in English, uh, cordone speronato or uh, doppio cordone speronato or guio or yeah, yeah. every every single vine into the vineyard is treated 
in a single way. So you can have uh, in the same vineyard three different kind of uh, systems uh, still making the same kind of label because we don't we don't want to be we need human being has to be flexible has to listen so each vine has a different needs pruning pruning is fundamental everybody does uh, uh, short pruning okay but it's technically well i'm sure to be general technically it's not correct uh, always uh, most of the time it's not correct because if you prune too short uh, the lympha how do you say lympha in english uh, angelo um, um i'm i'm not sure the nutrition the nutrition of the vine eh? um because when you cut them there is a a kind a kind of dry uh, wood that gets inside so if you cut too short this dry wood that gets inside is gonna um uh, touch the, the 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 food that is going uh, in the trunks okay. and slowly slowly year after year is gonna die before so if you cut a little bit higher then this dry uh, wood uh, is gonna take what you have cut the year after you go short wine to wine business forum everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine supersize your business network share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. And so the vine can age much more because we make vine for aging, not for mass production, not for 20 years, using, using, pumping, 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 putting water, and making lots of wine, maybe making money for, for sure. Uh, but this is not our philosophy. So we go with the time of the nature. Perfect. I like it. It's like a, it's the same concept of managing people. You know, a good manager is always the one that uh, adjusts his uh, behavior to the people that he has to manage. And you basically are telling us that you're doing the same thing with vines. You know, treating them differently accordingly on uh, on their needs, right? Yes, I'm going to use it, this kind of <laughs> example. I like it, like, we, like with the people. Yes, everybody needs a different kind of uh, way. This is the reason why now in schools, they're trying to think about probably not to make something, everything uh, the same for all the, the alumni, for all uh, the guys that go to school, but try to understand each single guy because we are so complex and so different and so pure and we need to be preserved. Yeah, and uh, now so I have a follow-up question, kind of, you know, to try to understand that. Are you guys doing the same thing in the cellar during the fermentation process at this point, you know, treating uh, each plot and each, uh, you know, uh, wine uh, grapes differently? Well, in kind of fermentation, yes. Um, of course, uh, we are in the harvest right now, but of course, uh, um each grape has a different needs uh, that that's normal no so a kind of maturation but when it, it comes in terms of um, uh, fermentation on the kind of vinification uh, it, it might change uh, you know if it's going to be a crew or if it's going to be an inox uh, stain, stain stale but uh, wine that's for sure but more or less uh, um, the way we work is the same. For example, uh, uh, the vat where we do the, um, the vinification, uh, um, we made it uh, in the, with the inox, uh, inox ones. And um, to let you understand, uh, the high is the same of the, um, the larghezza. Uh, okay. And you said of the, 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 the height, the height and the wind. Are okay. the same. Are the same. Why? Because um, if you think, think about the skin of the grapes, if it's um, taller and short, you have a big cap. Okay. In order to move it, you have to stress the wine much more with pumps or with a racket, yeah. whatever you want. If the cap is much thinner, you can do something softly. So we believe that even in this way, we have to be gentle with the with the wine 
That's very interesting. Yeah, th thanks for sharing this with us, Matteo. So, and uh, uh, moving to my next question. So when I say Golfi, uh, I mean Nero Davola, right? right? I just, uh, I can't stress it enough uh, to say that Golfi is a benchmark for, uh, and the leading producer from this grape. And uh, uh, you guys have mastered four specific terroirs in the Pacino area, right? For You guys own four single vineyards. Uh, the Macari, Baroni, uh, San Lorenzo, and uh, Bufaleffi, uh, that they are producing uh, uh, four different wines. Can you can you tell us uh, a little bit, I know it might be a complex uh, um, question, but a little bit differences in uh, in soils, in terroirs, in, uh, in microclimates, uh, and eventually might maybe some slight differences in the four wines. Okay, so uh, first of all, uh, I want that uh, all the people, uh, this is a huge opportunity for me, um, knows that uh, um, I'm going to use a French uh, way because French people are really clear on wine business. Uh, well, they are French. Um, almost nobody, almost I said, nobody knows where is uh, the Grand Cru area of Nero Davola for saying it as the French people. So we can say the Côte de Nuit of Nero Davola. Uh, or we can use the Italian, um, some Italian wine region, the Barolo area of Nero Davola, uh, because this is the most important thing. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's important. So it's Pacino. So Pacino can be, must be, non can be, must be considered as the Grand Cru concept area of Nero Davola. So first of all, uh, I don't sell Nero Davola, I sell Pacino. Then the Cru Macri, the Cru Bufaleffi, the Cru San Lorenzo and the Cru Baroni. First of all, uh, you drink Barolo, then the, the Cru Bussia, the Mon Privato, Bricco delle Viole. At the end, it's even the Biolo, of course. But the Biolo, it's in all Piedmont. And Nero Davola, it's in all Sicily. I said Nebbiolo could be San Giovese, it could be Pinot Noir in Burgundy, or whatever we want. So, but what makes the difference, uh, and what probably you are making this interview because of uh, your feeling with the wines, it's because you were drinking a Pacchino wine. And the Pacchino, as I was saying, it's in the middle of two seas, uh, over being under the tectonic plaques. So there is lots of stream. We are really low. And what's the big difference between these guys, these four guys? Uh, it's simple. It's only the soil. Because Pacchino is pretty flat. Uh, the distance between uh, uh, all the four crews, so it's uh, more or less a radius of three kilometers. So almost nothing. But if three kilometers, it changed the world. So, for example, starting from the most inland vineyard, Baroni, Baroni is all about limestone. So I describe it as a teenager, because when you're a teenager, you think that you are uh, the most beautiful, powerful, uh, everything, no, the, most, uh, the, most of, the most of the most. But at the end, you are really simple to be read by an adult. Uh, and Baron is like this, uh, because the limestone brings out the body, the power, but it's so balanced, so easy to be understood and drunk and drink it, uh, that I describe it in this way. If you just uh, across the road, uh, 100 meters uh, forward, uh, you have Buffaleffi crew. Buffaleffi is a mix of everything, uh, you, and, and, and the vineyard change color into the length. So starts white, then brown, then red, then white again. You have volcanic soil in the in, in the sample of uh, of the soils when we made it, and probably it was an ancient volcano. Uh, and I I describe it as Sophia Loren, because all this complexity of soils turns in. You have the feeling that you can almost bite the flesh of the of the wine, uh, but it's so powerful, so elegant, so so round, so soft. Uh, that's Buffalette for me, Sophia Lorden. Then uh, if we, we go towards the sea, we, we found before, before, uh, uh, before um, in the middle, uh, we have um, Macri. Macri, it's more about uh, um, black clay, um, iron soil composition and gravel. So for me, it's the most wild. Uh, the wild guy. Uh, 
because turns up uh, even when it age with this kind of uh, uh, horse leather flavors yes uh, this kind of distinctive uh, feeling of the nose of blood um, i don't know how to say in, in english uh, i would say in italian ematico maybe ematica i don't know if it exists in english so blood blood flavors you know and it, it's this kind of black fruit it's uh, completely different and then just next to the sea less than 700 meters by the sea on a sandy and red mediterranean soil composition we have san lorenzo still completely different we can say that san lorenzo for me is exactly the opposite of uh, uh, bufaleffi if Sal if bufaleffi is uh, sofia loren san lorenzo is a british english gentleman so it's always well dressed uh, but not everybody can understand his humor and his way of uh, speaking it's so complex so elegant so aristocratic i would say aristocratic with this kind of seaweed flavor this saltiness uh, yes i would describe it in this way angelo this this cruise okay great perfect i guess uh, the only way to to know and eventually buy all four wines uh, and uh, and drink it next to each other and uh, and uh, put your words uh, uh, you know inside the bottle uh, and uh, taste it taste the wine and enjoy it perfect so my next question uh, i just would like to understand a little bit of uh, uh, of the operation of goofy uh, winery so uh, can you tell mateo can you tell us uh, how large is uh, your estate you know how many actors uh, you own uh, overall your overall production uh, how many labels uh, you produce uh, and uh, about your uh, top export markets you know what is it maybe your top ex export market in italy and uh, the one uh, international well angelo we have um, too many actors uh, and uh, that's the first <laughs> first thing i would say uh no of course, uh, we have 40 hectares planted, 40.5 planted, 100 total. Um, but they are spread in, uh, in different areas, as I was saying. So it's a commitment, uh, uh, what we are doing. My father uh, used to used to tell me, Matteo, you know, could be much easier by lots of hectares next to the winery. So in the Cirasolo di Vittoria Appellation and, uh, and that's it. But you know, when um, when when I asked Salvo where I can make the best hundred percent Rodavola, Salvo told me Pachino and Matteo, I had to go to Pachino. And then uh, you know, when I was young, when I was younger, I used to drink uh, the wines from Benanti, and then uh, I was passionate about Etna, and so we went on Etna, and the first vintage of, of Etna is two thousand and four. So um, that's uh, when I was in passion. So 40 hectares, but uh, in, in three different areas, and they have to move every time in order to, to manage everything in the perfect way. So uh, that's more or less uh, um, the passion that moves everything. How many labels? Too many, Angelo, even in this case. Uh, we have 12 labels. But you know what does it mean? Uh, um, producing a Remember my, my experience of my father in, in French. He had, he had many friends in Burgundy. He had lots of connection with many producers. And the respect uh, and the way of working into the vineyards um, came from this culture. So when he started to make the four crews and the first vintage was 2000, he was completely mad. Almost even now, we are still a little bit mad because it was too much forward. And this is beautiful because he had a clear vision. So still, could be simpler making one crew, one single wine from Pacchino, making a Cirasolo di Vittoria and the Classico, one Etna, and that's the story. But we want to give something different to the people. We want to offer something unique. We want to bring bring back the complexity, and that's Gulfi. Great. And uh, so, tell us uh, which one of the twenty regions uh, is the one that buys more wine from you, and uh, which country in the world? One, one, two names. You mean uh, regions in Italy? Yeah. 
Oh well, uh, but, but it's simple, it's easily. Okay, I wouldn't expect another uh, answer. And what about internationally? Which which is the country that buys more wine from you? Well, uh, you know, North America. Uh, the North America, it's Canada and US. So um, I, you know, in my mind, uh, um, US. Uh, um, well, Canada probably is a single single state. Uh, uh, or region, as you want to call it, uh, is Quebec. Um, but for me, America is uh, my key market uh, because, um, I mean, I own a transparent uh, because American pe- American people, uh, they are not new in wine business. They drink wine. And, you know, American people look at the future with, um, uh, how do in Italian? Con fiducia. Um, with, tr- with trust, uh, right? the American people look at the future uh, with with trust, uh, with uh, with happiness. Uh, European people look at the future uh, as something easy to bring on. Probably is the history, and that make a huge difference uh, because uh, it means that you are always open to try new things, uh, yeah. and um, and then you have a palate that is, is trained, uh, and that's the reason why for me. Uh, you are so important because uh, when people try Gulfi, then uh, let's say 90% of the times uh, they still buy again uh, because everybody likes what uh, what uh, what is good. So that's my, my believing. Yeah. So basically, you know, to um, sum it up, you know, American uh, thinking is more, you know, straightforward and more modern, while uh, European are more, more traditionalist and tends to, you know, uh, cherish their history a little bit more, which I like it. But anyway, uh, so moving uh, moving forward. Uh, so uh, my next question, I know that the southeastern corner of Sicily uh, can get very hot during the summer months of June, July, and August. So we have the Scirocco wind uh, that can be a factor and also the rainfall that is scarce. So, um, Matteo, can you give us more precise picture of the climatic condition uh, in uh, in your area, in Victoria, Noto, and Pacino? And maybe if you guys are adopting uh, any specific countermeasures to make sure that the grapes are preserved and they reach a perfect balance uh, between uh, acids and sugars i don't want to disappoint the listeners uh, but the the, the answer is uh, always the same um, and it's really simple uh, the countermeasure it's looking and listening to the vines to the vineyards so um, and that's uh, why you you're right it's pretty it's pretty hot in summertime in sicily my discussion is um, really important as well. Uh, even if Angelo, Caspita, in the last three years uh, is getting more challenging uh, than before, because uh, because the weather is changing, uh, and uh, you know maybe what you thought for a hundred years, not me, but maybe my grandfather, then my father, and now us, uh, it's not the same as before. Um, thing is, uh, things can change. Uh, really repentantly. So, for example, in 2001, uh, we had a huge uh, um, drought. It was a drought year. So, and um, and we had uh, three waves of uh, wind, hot wind phone, we call it phone, uh, that dried the grapes. So, um, fortunately, then uh, the first, uh, the five, six of September, we had um, something like uh, 125 millimeters of um, of water, and uh, then uh, the, the the climate stabilized. It was a perfectly mild climate, uh, and we had a beautiful, perfect maturation. So, 2001, beautifully, but we lost 30 percent. And um, and you know at the beginning, if the rain didn't come, uh, we could make uva passa with the way. So you are always there looking at. Uh, for example, in 2022, we have the African leaf opera, and that um, didn't let ripe uh, uh, the 20% of the grapes, 
we never had it, so it was coming from Africa. So, and this is new for us. Like, for example, this year. So we had um, lots of rain um, between uh, May and June. So we had 270 millimeters of water. And, um, you know, it was not expected in this kind of months because it's not the normal time for uh, raining. And so many producers, we were pretty happy uh, because we listened and uh, we looked at the vineyards, had huge problems with, uh, I think it's uh, downy mildew. So it's challenging. But the normal, normal temperatures were giving us water in um, wintertime. And then you have um, June, June, July, August, uh, um, no water. Uh, so this could be, you have uh, September, October, November, which is might. And for example, we do um, the pruning in uh, January and February because are the most coldest months uh, in, uh, in our area. So Nerodavola is the most planted grape of Sicily. So it's grown all over with many good terroirs, but also less suitable sites. So where high bulk production uh, uh, has affected a little bit of the quality. So in you as a front runner for the Tavla and the Pacino, as you mentioned that you you just say that you're selling Pacino wines. So what is the what is the strategy? What is your approach? What do we have to do uh, to you know bring pe- those people that are still skeptical uh, about this variety uh, around uh, and uh, make them understand that this is a a really good uh, uh, grape, uh, producing uh, great wines. So I try to be short because we don't have lots of time. So I want to say something. Well, um, selling uh, um, an area, not a grape. So on the labels of Gulfi, you don't have still Pacino. And you have, for example, Nero Macari with the J, Nero, Nero San Lore. Um, so this is because uh, the winery is not in the, in the province of the vineyards. So from 2020, we're going to have Pacino on the label, and that is going to be the first things. So um, you're going to drink a Pacino wine, and then you're going to find uh, not Nero Maccari, but uh, Contrada Maccari, Contrada Buffaleffi, Contrada San Lorenzo, uh, and Contrada Baroni. So first of all, in the label has to be clear. Uh, even if people um, buy Gulfi because it's Gulfi, but we have to reach many people. And uh, if people will drink uh, Gulfi and Pacino wines uh, and we're going to have success, uh, people will follow us. And that's uh, the simple strategy. And try to let become Pacino a DOCG because Pacino by law could be already a DOCG because it's a sub-area of a wine bigger area. And um, But you have to convince the producer in order to, to make this. And the only way is with the success of someone else. Look at Sasikaya. They make a wine from nothing. Um, not from nothing, from a, a not wine area. So now it's a, one of the most important wine areas in Italy, Bulgaria. Um, so we have to, be, we have to believe, in the, believe in the future. We have to be... Uh, always happy and, uh, and, and follow our passion. And that uh, could be probably the best strategy. And of course, uh, this kind of interview, try to be present in the market, uh, and, um, try to give the people the right uh, and knowing things. Uh, it's really important because um, with this, they have uh, some information uh, um, to work with. Yes, we're awful. Yes, I, I agree with you awfully. Hopefully this interview will uh, expand uh, uh, the reach of Nero Davola and the Pacino um, all over the world, and um, and it will be it will be coming soon uh, at the OCG, a second OCG for Sicily. And um, lastly, are you working on new projects such as uh, you know starting with new grapes or maybe dis- discovering a, a purchasing uh, more land somewhere else uh, in maybe the Marsala region? What do you think? I think that we should do things step by step. Let's before, uh, let's uh, achieve the first mission. This mission is let known the, um, the Gulfi wines, the Pacino wines, the Cerasolo wines uh, into the world, especially Pacino, because in Cerasolo di Vittoria there are other good producers and this is a DOCG appellation. 
and um, and then who knows angel in the future uh, maybe a bubble could maybe we can make a bubble on etna uh, a sparkling wine uh, a metodo classico um, at the moment we are really connected and devoted to follow and um, and promoting what we are doing right now and then if i have one minute at the end let me know that uh, i may say to the to the people uh, why um, it's Nero Davola, uh, um, it's not Avola the town, but it's Pacino. Even if the name of the grape is Nero Davola, which means Nero from Avola town. Okay, okay, perfect. So you're opening a, a future debate for uh, uh, for the scientists and the historians to, to understand, right? Uh, perfect. I, uh, I thank you very much for your time and for all those informations. Uh, you gave us, uh, uh, Matteo has a beautiful uh, uh, winery in Caramonte Gulfi, has a beautiful locanda with a restaurant, you know, that serves, that serves food. So I encourage everyone who wants to go to Sicily to stop by there and, uh, and see Matteo and see the winery. And um, Laika, thank you very much for having me here. I hope you guys enjoy it. That was great. Thank you so much for a wonderful interview. Actually, there was one from the audience. Uh, I think the person left already, but uh, the person's asking, uh, what is the vineyard name and could you drop a link? So I shared the website and then so it's gulfi.it and there's also an English version. And um, it was really nice. Actually, I was looking through the website while you guys are discussing. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is the Pacino wine. That's amazing. Um, so, yes, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you so much for your time, Matteo and Angelo. Thank you so much for introducing Matteo to us, Angelo. And before I close the room, I just want to say that next week we're going to have two clubhouse. So we've got... Gianluca Queroli, he will be interviewing Raffaele Boscaini from Massi. And then also that's going to be on Tuesday. And on Thursday, it's Cynthia Chaplin. She'll be interviewing Antonella Cantaruti. And that's, and both days are going to be at 5.30 p.m. CET on a regular time show. Thank you so much. And yeah, have a have a good day, guys. Thank bye. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cheat cheat.